Thank you for tuning in to the Far Better Podcast, a work of Scattered Abroad, which is overseen by the East Hill Church of Christ in Pulaski, Tennessee. You can find our website at scatteredabroad.org. In this podcast, we seek to please God now, so our eternity is far better. Here is your host, Michael Clark. Well, hey guys, welcome to another episode of the Far Better Podcast, uh, where we seek to please God now so that our eternity can be far better. I'm your host, Michael Clark, and as always, I want to thank you for tuning in and listening to another episode of this podcast. It's week 13. It's kind of hard to believe uh, that here we are already 13 weeks in to Scattered Abroad and to the joint effort that all of us here at SAN are launched out into and trying to continue to provide biblical content on a daily basis. I've been incredibly encouraged by the results of what we've been able to put forth for the gospel and incredibly encouraged by you, the listeners, to sit down and sit with us each week. I know that every morning I benefit from listening to these podcasts, from increasing my faith and increasing my knowledge, and I am grateful to be a part of this, and I'm grateful that we have the opportunity today to use technology like this. It's such a blessing. I cannot imagine the first century church in this time without a podcast. Can you? I can't imagine the first century Christians not trying to put forth their best effort and trying to bring the gospel to people as best as possible. And this is a way to do that. And so if you wouldn't mind, check out our show notes. Look down there in the information column and look at all of our social media links and social media out, you know, platforms that we're on and follow us there. Also, if you wouldn't mind sharing this podcast and this network as well with a friend, telling them about what we're doing here at Scattered Abroad, uh, we would be happy to have more people trying to be the better picture of Christ that they could possibly be. And we know that the only way that we're going to do that is by increasing our faith and increasing our knowledge, and that's what we're seeking to do at Scattered Abroad. Now, as we've been looking together at suffering this season, I've been trying to go over my experience, and it's a limited experience. I want to always try to make sure that you're aware of that, that I am not the professor of suffering. You know, I'm not somebody that can sit there and say, well, look what I've been through. I wrote the book on suffering. I have not suffered as much as Paul, as much as Job, as much as Christ, and yet I have suffered some, and I can tell you that the suffering that I have experienced has affected my life. It is odd to think that I can't really remember a time when I wasn't sick, and I haven't been sick that long. I've only been sick going on about six years this upcoming you know, May. And or June, I should say. It was actually six years in June. So I've only been sick and diagnosed for just a little under six years. And yet, uh, I can tell you that it has affected my life to the point where it's hard to really remember what life was like before I had this illness, before I had these problems. And today's episode is on my third research study. Now, I have been told by a couple of different nurses that I've worked with on this drug different ways to pronounce it, and so uh, if I butcher it, you know, I'm sorry. Uh, I'm, not a, I'm not a very good guy when it comes to being able to pronounce uh, medical drugs that are being given, and so I'm going to give you both ways that I've been told. There's rizkizumab, and then there's rizankizumab. 
Those those are the two ways that I've been told to pronounce this drug, and this is the drug that I've been on for the better part of almost two years. I started on it in 2019, uh, back in August of 2019, and I've continued through it with the uh, pandemic that happened and has, according to right now when I'm recording, still going on. And so I've been on this drug almost two years, and I'm thankful that I found something that has so far been effective because, as you know, listening to me so far, I've not had the best track record of research studies. This is my third, and yet it's lasted for two years, and so I'm blessed that it's been able to do that for me so far. But as far as the process of getting involved with this, there's a couple of things that I wanted to kind of go over and talk about when it was happening The first was the idea of filgotinib, the last drug that I had. I had to wean myself off of that, much like I had to do with prednisone when I overdosed on that on a daily basis by about, you know, 80 milligrams. I was only supposed to have eight. So, I mean, I had about 72 more milligrams a day than I was supposed to have. But just like that, I had to go through a a weaning off period, so to speak, where I was taking filgotinib but it wasn't really doing anything for my body. And I mentioned to you how it just felt demoralizing in ways to sit there and look at a pill that gave me promise and gave me hope and to know that by taking it, I'm just fulfilling a a research study, you know, obligation and that it wasn't really doing anything. It uh, It was annoying. It was frustrating. And I mentioned in one of the most recent episodes that we talked about together that I felt like I wasn't going to find anything that worked. And so I'm on a third study and Rizinkizumad or Rizkizumad, I had to go through another process of proving that I needed this medicine. And that's also rough and frustrating, but I've had 12 colonoscopies now in my life in the almost six years that I've had this drug. Uh, I'm used to them by now. You know, it used to be the very first time I had one and I couldn't eat anything, you know, because you're not allowed to eat the day before a procedure like that. I walked through the store to get the items that they would let me have that wouldn't affect the procedure and walking in Walmart and I passed the chicken aisle and I smell that fried chicken and I'm thinking, you got to be kidding me. I want nothing more than to eat this. Now, if I'm going to have a procedure like that, I walk through Walmart for about 30 or 40 minutes, getting everything that I want, taking my time because I've had so many of them now that it doesn't really bother me to not eat before a procedure like that. Rizinkizumab was no different. I had to go through that procedure, and I remember waking up and and hoping and praying that the procedure was effective, and the doctor came in, and he said, hey, we look like we're good to go. Uh, We're going to go through a couple of things, and then you're going to come to our facility at the research center, and we'll start that process, and so that's what happened, and I show up, and I'm told that it's a, it's kind of like an infusion. I started out on an infusion where I was given Uh, the drug through an IV, and then the hope was that I could go to shot form, and then from the shot form, I could be able to take the shots home and administer them at my own house instead of having to drive all the way into the research center to be given the drug, and it's really beneficial that I have a nurse for a wife. You know, it's, it's nice to have somebody that can administer those shots for me, and I'm thankful to have someone who's in the healthcare industry who knows how to take care of me because it wasn't hard to explain, hey, here's my shots, here's how it works, boom, we're good. And so I started with the infusion. Now, the thing that I may not have mentioned before with Intivio was that there's always a chance you're getting a placebo. And if I did mention it with Intivio, you know that I don't know for sure whether I'm getting the drug or not. 
And so my body can trick itself into thinking that it's okay. But if you're really sick, eventually the bowel breaks and you start to have problems again. And so what they would do is they would have this black bag covering over, kind of look like a trash bag, and it would cover over the medication because they can't even know if I'm getting the placebo or not. The study has to be so controlled that only the people who have sent the drug to that facility with my name on it, my patient ID number, can know whether I'm getting the real thing or not. And so I would sit and get these infusions, and things seemed to be doing well. I seemed to be progressing just fine. And I started to have the opportunity of going to shop form. And the shots started to seem like they were working really well. And then one day I woke up and I felt awful. And I, I really and truly thought that I was dying because I felt worse than I had ever felt in my life. And so I go to the doctor and I start to talk about everything. And I was informed that the drug didn't appear to be working. Now, I have more to say on that in next week's episode. But I, I can honestly tell you, and I, I take a lot of pauses when I'm doing something like this because I'm trying to find the best way to phrase this. But I can honestly tell you that in that moment, I drove home and I, I went back to the research center to find out that, you know, they, they were worried that I wasn't getting the drug and that I was not getting the real thing or that the drug wasn't working. And so... I'm told that, and I leave, and I remember I drove to the school, the Memphis School of Preaching, and I, I told my dad, I said, Dad, I, I just don't know if I'm ever going to find something that works, and I'm scared that I'm not going to get better, I'm just going to get worse, and I'll die young. And that I won't be able to beat this thing to a point where I can live life again because this is the third study. And this was back in 2020, the early stages of 2020 when this happened. And I said, I just feel like nothing's going to change. And I can tell you that that's, that's rough. To not know for sure whether a medication is going to work or not. To not know for sure if you're ever going to find a medication that works. And maybe some of you are thinking, well, I, I take Remicade. I take Humira and it works for me and I understand that. But I've been cautioned by my doctors to avoid those types of medications because they're more like a Swiss Army knife. They don't just attack the bowel disease that I've got, the IBD. They, they only attack everything, basically, that they're designed to attack. And we want to try to find something that's a concerted effort to take out my problem and that drug is completely focused on that problem. So here I am thinking, I'm not going to find anything. I'm going to have to go to Humira. I'm going to have to go to Remicade. And if those fail, I really don't know what's going to happen. And I spent a lot of time over the next couple of weeks scared about what was going to be told and as they worked through the process of what we're going to talk about next week, I was just sitting at home thinking, I just don't know if this is going to ever change. But I'm reminded, as we've been looking through Psalm 23 these last couple of episodes, I'm reminded of what the psalmist David wrote in verse 4, where he says, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. 
And I think about Jesus in Luke chapter 8, verses 22 through 26. And I think about Jesus being asleep on that boat while this great storm is raging around and all of these problems are at the disciples' feet. You know, the boat is being overtaken with water and they look like they're going to go down with the ship. And Jesus is asleep. And I think about Psalm 23 and verse 4 and I think that's what it means to not fear evil. Though you're walking through the valley of the shadow of death, Though it seems like everything else around you is crashing down, having God on your side, having him as your shepherd, man, it makes a difference. It changes everything. And for me to sit there now looking back on that moment in life and realizing I made it through and realizing that though I may not have the exact situation that I would like to have, God has still taken care of me. I can tell you that my mindset has to become more like Christ's and more like David's in that I could be surrounded by thousands of enemies. I could be stricken as Job with thousands upon thousands of problems, as it seems when you study through that book. And I can still have a God that will get me through it. Risen Kizamad, I'm still on it currently. And that's a story for another episode. But even if tomorrow I woke up and the medication seemed to not be working anymore, I have to sit there and take it on faith that God's going to find a way to make it work. Whether it's that drug or another drug entirely, that God will provide a way of escape from the problem that I've got. And if he doesn't, if this disease does take my life, And it can. It's taken others. If it can and does cause me to breathe my last, boy, to be with the Lord's far better. You see, not many people know the reason of why I started this podcast and why I called it what I called it, but I wanted a daily reminder that despite my circumstances, despite what was going on in my life, God makes it far better than anybody else's life that lives in the world and seems to have everything going for them that while they might not have any serious health problems, they might not ever have a single issue in their life, guess what? They don't have God. And I'd take God and Crohn's disease over anything else any day of the week because he is greater. And this thing won't be with me forever. I'll beat it one day. Whether they cure it in this life or I die and I move on to the next, Crohn's disease will not define me for my whole life. But God will. And if I allow God to move within me as my life and I look at the gospel and say, I want to be changed by this and allow the word of God to move my life to the way that it needs to be, then my life will be far better, your life will be far better, and it doesn't matter what comes your way, you'll be ready for it. But do you want your life to be far better? I hope you do. You know, if you ever want to get in contact with me, you're welcome to reach out through our email. I'd be happy to talk with any one of you. And I hope that this is helping you as it's helping me 
to realize that God is greater than our circumstances. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to this podcast from the Scattered Abroad Network. If you would like to email us, you can do so at thescatteredabroadnetwork at gmail.com. That's thescatteredabroadnetwork at gmail.com. Remember, you can check the show notes below for all of our social media platform links. Also, don't forget that you can find us on all major podcast platforms, and please leave us a rating or review. We hope and pray that this has helped you grow closer to Christ even though we are scattered abroad. May God bless you.